Well, Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for the time of worship that we've already had, Lord God, of entering into your presence. And Lord, I pray that our time right now will be the same as that, of, of experiencing your presence through the ministry of your word. So I pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us and through us in this. I pray, Lord, you just have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, you know... <laughs> This message, what I'm going to share with you is something I've never shared before. Now, there be certain aspects, maybe certain stories of it that I've probably shared before, but not this topic. So I want to begin with, with uh, setting a foundation, and, it, it, and this is a foundation that we all started with. All of us have been born into this world. All, all of us were in our mother's womb at one point, and all of us came out of our mother's womb, and one of the first things we started to do was what? Anybody know? Yeah, were you laughing? Uh, were you like joking around saying, oh, that was an adventure? You didn't say any of that, right? It was you were screaming. And why were you crying? What did you want? Oh, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> Go back. Yeah. No. Most of the time, you wanted milk. You were thirsty. And literally, within a very short period of time, if you were a healthy child, the first thing you wanted was milk. And you cried for it. Because you felt that hung, those hunger pains. You maybe didn't know what that was, but you cried. And when you were fed milk, what normally happened? You stopped crying until the next time you needed milk, right? Uh, or until the next time you needed a diaper. In other words, you started out your life as what? A taker. That's how we all started out. You were not a giver. You were a taker. It was about me right? And you might say, well, no, you know, as my child grew up, they shared their toys. And I mean, yeah, okay, but they shared their toys to make that person be their friend. There was always conditions attached, even when you tried to be, quote, a giver. You understand what I'm saying? We were born by nature to be takers. That's just the way it is. But this amazing thing happens when we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There's a miracle that happens. And it's spoken about even in the Old Testament. It was prophesied what was going to happen. And it's in Ezekiel chapter 36. And, and here's where, beginning at verse 20, uh, 36, verse 26 and 27. And here's what the Lord says. He says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to follow my laws and be careful to do what I tell you. In other words, this was a prophetic word concerning the new birth. For those of us, and I pray everyone here has accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and the moment you did that, something changed down here. Now listen, Maybe nothing changed up here. Something changed here down in your, your spirit man, your, your spirit person. In other words, your, your heart that was stone, it, it was cold and unloving and uncaring. It was all about me. All about me. That's what your heart was about. Whether you want to cover it over, even for us who were, were married and those kinds of things, you know, sure, we gave, but we gave to get. All right? You, you understand? That's, just, that's the nature of us before we know Christ. You can try to sugarcoat it. You can even try to argue with me after. You're not going to win the argument. All right? We were takers. Sugarcoat it however you want. But when that new nature comes in to your heart, all of a sudden there's a part of you that becomes a giver. Why? Because Jesus was the ultimate giver. He gave his life on the cross of Calvary. No strings attached. All you had to do was respond and say yes, and you could be saved and born again. It's the most amazing thing, right? But here's the problem. There's still a part of you that's still the old self, right? Still the taker. 
And that's the part that's up here. You know, that gray matter between your ears, all right? And that's why the Bible talks about we're to renew our minds daily in Christ Jesus. In other words, there's supposed to be a transformation that begins to happen once your heart's been changed and the Spirit of God dwells in you. What happens is your spirit says to your mind, hey, you should have a different, different way of thinking. And, and what does your mind say? Yeah, maybe. And, and, and this goes back and forth. And this is called life. This is how we live our life. We have, we have this conversation between the Spirit of God and our mind. Now, hopefully, as we mature in the Lord, what do we do? We let the Spirit win, right? And as we allow the Spirit of God to change our thinking over time, that giving spirit, that giving heart, actually begins to show itself. Because listen, your spirit doesn't make your hands work. Your spirit doesn't make your mouth work. It's your mind that controls your body, controls your voice. So what happens is the change on the outside has to come from the spirit to the mind and then out through your body and through your expression of life. That's how it works. But it all begins with that spirit change on the inside. And so as I've been thinking about this, here's what the Lord said to me. He said, son, why do you give? I never really thought about it. You know, he, he basically asked me, why are you a giver? And so I actually, over the last couple of weeks, have come up with seven reasons why I'm a giver. Now, you notice what I said. Seven reasons why I'm a giver. Not seven reasons why you should be a giver. So what I'm going to do is share out of my experience of how I've been working through that transformation of being a taker to a giver. And I want to assure you right now, I have not arrived right? You know, there's still parts of me that still, still suffers, you know, from, from the old nature, from the old way of thinking. And it won't completely be changed until I cross this threshold into the next life. And Jesus greets me and he says, all is well with you. That old is completely gone now. But let me tell you something. I believe that we have choices today, this very day, that we can be more givers than takers. Can anyone say amen to that? You know, because my prayer is that as you hear my story, that it might encourage you to ask yourself the question, how can I be a better giver? What are the reasons why I am a giver? Am I a taker? You know, to kind of put yourself on that, that scale, where are you, one to ten, you know, giver, taker, and, and be able to analyze and ask real questions and then have a talk to the Lord about it. So, with, with, without further ado, let's look at the first reason why I give. Okay, I give to help grow the kingdom of God. Makes sense, right? <clears throat> Scripture says this, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Again, when we come to know Christ, we've been given what? Power and authority. We've been given insight into the kingdom of God. We have something in our hands now. Now, if already you're beginning to think this is a sermon about money, then you, you, you're, you've missed everything. I'm not really, really talking about money here. Money is an aspect of giving. But can I tell you something? A very small aspect. Very small. In fact, uh, just before I go on, I know this guy years ago that faithfully gave his 10%. He gave 10% of all his income, right? But his life was a mess. Like, I mean, a mess. And so... One day he came to me and he said, he, he said, Pastor Carl, he says, you know, I don't understand it. You know, I, I give God his cut and my life is still a mess. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean you give God his cut? He goes, well, like, you know, God's kind of like, kind of like the Godfather. And, and like, and so if I pay him, you know, he watches over me, he makes sure that all the rest of my money is okay. And so as I began to talk to him, I said, well, what do you do with the rest of your money? 
And so he started telling me some crazy stuff he was doing with it. You know, wasting it away and doing this and doing that. And, I, and I'm like, and I won't name the guy, but I, I named him and I said, I said, dude, it's all God's. And he looked at me, horrified. He goes, what do you mean it's all his? Do I have to give it all to him? I said, yes. He goes, uh, uh, I wouldn't have anything left. I said, you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that all that you have is his. And when you give that token amount to him, it's not paying some giant mafia boss in the sky to, to have guys come and watch over your stuff. Like, come on. But, but here's the thing. Some of us have fought that way. They think it's just all about give God his cut, and I can do whatever I want in the rest of my life, and my life is going to be awesome. I got news for you. It's not. You're just going to have 10% less of what you had and be unhappy because it's not about the money. It's really about your heart. See, if God has your heart, he has your money, he has all your stuff, he has everything. And that's really what I'm talking about here this morning. So obviously the first thing, you know, I give to help grow the kingdom of God. I, I, I see that we have Bible schools across the world. You know, I give to see those expand. You know, I give to see the lights stay on. You know, I, I, I give to be able to see the outreaches like the Easter event that we're going to be doing. You know, I give to see the kingdom of God grow because I get to be a part of it. So that's why I give for that reason. So let's move on to the next one. You're going to find that some of these, I'm just going to move right along. Others will camp for a few minutes, all right? So the next one, how about this? It feels good to give. It feels good, you know, to write a big old check and plunk it in there or, or go online and do it. You know, and there's actually physical reasons why. There's been studies done over the last century uh, by major psychologists that that say, and they, they, here's what they call it, it's called a helper's high. It's the most amazing thing, that when you give of finances, or you sow your time, or you do anything that you're helping someone else, that there are endorphins that are released, and literally they call it a helper's high. But here's the cool part, there's no down to it. In other words, you know, it's not like a drug you know, in the natural where, sure, you get a high, but in the end you pay for it in some way. It doesn't cost you anything. It just gives you this high, this euphoria that you're helping other people. It's amazing. So let me give you another statistic, especially as, as we're getting a little bit older, all of us as we get older. There was a story. Berkeley did this study. This is amazing. You can look this up online. It's, it's there. They did a study of elderly people. So this would be like 60 kind of and older. Hundreds of them over a period of five years. And so here's, here's what they did. They, the only specifics was this they had to serve in some way two times a week so that could be giving of finances and maybe serving in church or doing something like that all right and so they had to do or they did nothing so you had these two camps all right all these people one group did two things or more a week the others did nothing had nothing to do with health so they didn't you know analyze okay do these group have health issues it was just all grouped together all right Here's the statistic. After five years, there was a 44% likelihood that the people who were givers would be alive still. 44%. We're not talking 4% or 14% or 25%. Almost half a chance more that you will be alive than the people who weren't givers. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm sold. Like, you know, that, that's enough. You know, that's, that's, there's a good reason, right? It just shows that those who are giving, there's something that happens with that. And, and they're just talking about in the natural. Well, how about in the realm of the spirit? What does God do for us that are givers by nature? 
And you see, once we become born again, our spirit nature is to be a giver. The question is, has your brain got the memo? And that's the, really the issue here. Have you allowed your old way of thinking, your old way of, of managing your life, be changed by the Spirit of God that's in you, the new Spirit that's living in you? This is a challenge for all of us. I'm still, I'm still on the road to recovery, right? You know, I'm still on that road. But I want to encourage you that being a giver has benefits to it. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, the third reason, <laughs> I like this one. I give to keep my life in proper perspective. Here's a scripture, uh, you know, from 1 Corinthians 10, 26. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, it says in Haggai that the silver and gold is his. It says in, in Psalms, it uh, talks about that the, the cattle on a thousand hills is his. In other words, it all belongs to him. And to have that kind of mentality that, that we're not owners of anything, but we're actually stewards of this life. Take a deep breath. Everybody, just go, just suck in some air. God gave you that breath. Every atom that you just took in is a gift from God. The ability for you to suck that air in was a gift from God. And I don't know whether we ever think about that. You know, we, we, we don't even consciously say, okay, breathe, breathe, okay, breathe out, breathe in. Does, that, does anybody, you don't do that, right? But think about that. You do that all day long, all day. Your heart beats every day, thousands upon thousands of times. You know, blood goes through all your veins. All of that is a gift from God. You sitting here right now, living in this part of the world, is a gift from God. What are we doing with that gift? You know, are, are we givers of that gift? You know, what we've, what's been given to us, are we sharing that with the world around us? Or are we just, are we like, the, you know, that TV hoarders? You know, that, that's a scary thing to watch, right? You know, where people, you go in the door of their house, right, and you got to climb up to, to get over a pile of stuff. It's like, that's not how our life should be. That's not how our life should be. So, so to keep our lives in, in, in perspective, Years ago, uh, I was in the trades. I, I owned a, a shop in Canada, and I had, uh, you know, we did mechanical repairs of cars. We did bodywork and paint, had a couple different divisions. And so I was there uh, in that business, and uh, I had a guy come. His name, he's passed away now long ago, because 30 years ago, he'd probably be 75. So unless he's like 120 or something, there's no way he's, he was around. His name is Frank Duckett, and he was a guy that uh, went around with his wife to churches, and he used to sing. That's what he did. You know, back then you could make, I guess, a little bit of a living doing that. He was a retired missionary, and so he had been in a severe car accident, and so he was crippled in his legs. He, he was not able to move his legs at all, so he, he walked around with crutches all the time. And so he got introduced to me somehow, and he had this car that was a hands-only car. Because, you know, he couldn't push on the gas pedal or push on the brake. So, so he brought his car, and it was, it was like beyond a piece of junk. Like it should have been retired like 10 years before. And I'm like, Frank, I can't save this thing. You know, I know I might be, you know, people call me a miracle worker, but I cannot save this thing. And so I said, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I said, okay, you, look, just leave it with me. I'll see what I can do. So we took him home, and we're looking at this thing. There was no hope for this thing. And I didn't have any cars that would work uh, with the setup that he had. So I went out, I bought a used car, right? And I, and I had to fix the used car. Then I had to put these hand controls in. What a pain. I, I couldn't have one of my guys do it because it was all specialty stuff. So I probably took the better part of a week dealing with this thing. So I do it all, you know, Frank comes and he's like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so nice. Uh, but I don't have any money, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I'm like, Frank, 
It's okay. Just take the car. So he's like, oh, praise Jesus. You know, he's doing all this thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. You got to understand, I was tired. I just finished doing this thing, you know. So, so he takes the car and he goes, you know, and he's happy. You know, the car's, you know, going and he's gone. So I'm there looking as the car goes out the driveway. And I'm like, God, you know, I gave this thing. You know, I did this. I did that. I'm not feeling very helper's high right now. You know, I'm not feeling very euphoric about this. You know, do you even notice these things? You know, I basically had a really grumpy moment. I was tired, you know, probably hungry. So, you know, I was hangry. Anybody know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, I was just grumpy and I'm, you know, and I'm griping and complaining. And it was near the end of the day. So, and I, I go home. Next morning I come in, I'm in my office early. It was earlier, early in the morning. They're all by myself. None of the guys had come yet. And this, this guy that I knew, but I hadn't seen for a while, shows up. So he comes in my office, says, hey, how are you? I'm fine. And, and he plops some keys down and an envelope. And I'm like, what's this? And he goes, well, here, here, you know, God told me that I had to come this morning. He said, it got me out of bed. I had to come this morning. Here's the keys to my car. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want done? He says, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to take it. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, God woke me up and told me that, that he had been talking to you and that you needed to get the message that he knows and sees everything. And, and the guy says to me, he says, I don't even know why you need a car. You got all kinds of cars. You, know, you, you, you don't need a car, but God told me to give you my car. So then he plops, again, put the keys down. The title was there, and he walks away. So I close the door. And I become a puddle. I lock the door, of course. I don't want any of my help to see me. I'm a puddle on the floor for two hours. Saying, Jesus, I am so sorry. Listen to me. God sees. He knows everything. He knows your heart before you verbalize anything. And so for me, that was a, a huge life lesson for me to realize that God absolutely is there through all things. And the thing is, that car that I gave away wasn't me giving it away. God was working through me to give it away. And there was so many blessings that came out of that. Like, the thousands that it cost was made up in a week. Like, God just, that's just the way God is. But I needed to learn that life lesson that he's there. And so you may have somewhere along the way given, and you've wondered, God, do you even care? Do you even notice? I got news for you. He knows and sees everything. And he absolutely loves you and adores you when he can see Jesus in you going through you to touch those around you. Changed my life. Changed my life. Talk about being in a proper perspective when you give. It was a life-changing moment for me. All right, I give. Let's move on. I give to enlarge my faith in Luke 6, verse 38. Familiar scripture. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. How many people have heard that scripture like a a zillion times, right? I've preached on it, I've talked about it, and often in the context of giving money. I got news for you. That scripture is not about money. Not about money at all, actually. It doesn't mean I can't find scriptures that talk about sowing and reaping. They're, They're everywhere. But this scripture is not talking about that. And you know how I know? There's a saying, context is king. What does that mean? The scriptures above and below, scriptures surrounding scripture speaks of what that scripture is about. So let's look at the verse before that, verse 37, and they'll, they'll bring that up. And here, here's what it says. Do not judge, 
and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then it goes on. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So what is it that you're giving? <laughs> Grace instead of judgment. What is it that you're giving? Instead of condemning, you're giving love, right? Instead of unforgiveness, you're giving forgiveness. That's what Jesus was talking about in that particular scripture. And that's more important to give. Listen, you could give all the money that you have. In fact, even Jesus said this. You can give everything. But if you don't surrender to Jesus, it's a waste of time. So it's not about money. It's about your heart of just having a giving spirit to those around you. Are you giving grace? Are you giving love? Are you giving forgiveness? See, those are giving traits that comes out of the Spirit of God. Look at what he did on the cross. Didn't he do all of that? For God so loved the world that he gave, right? His only begotten son. And he gave so that we could have life. Wow. All right, how about this one? Number five, it's an adventure to give. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, in, in uh, Malachi uh, chapter 3, I think it's verse 10, God says, test me in this. He says, test me and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you. There's not room enough to contain. In other words, it's the only place in the Bible that we're told we can test God on. Because elsewhere it says, don't test God. But in the area of giving, God says, see if I won't bless you. It's an adventure. I was in a church service, yep, similar to something like this. There was a, a guest evangelist that was here. This is years ago. This is when I was still in Canada. And, and I was young. I was just in my 20s. And, and so this guy's speaking. And I didn't really particularly like the guy, to be quite honest with you. I thought he was a bit cocky and a bit, you know, just, I had a lot of opinions, all right? I, I, you see a reformed person. So you can't imagine how bad I was before, okay? That's all I can tell you. And so I'm there, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, when's this over? Kind of looking at my watch, you know. So it comes to an end, and back then in those days, they, it would take up an offering, you know, pass the basket thing. And so they were starting to do that, and I'm like, I'm not giving this guy anything. You know, I'm just like, I'm a guest here, like I was just visiting, and it's like, eh. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, son, I want you to give $2,000. I'm like, yeah, 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 that must be for the other guy. Yeah, Lord, you must have got your wires crossed like that. You're not talking to me. So I just pretended I didn't hear him. Anybody ever done that? Don't put your hand up. And so time went on, and I just felt that, that push. Not in my head, but in my heart, that push. I'm like, Lord, I, and literally I'm arguing with God on the inside. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't even like him. And the Lord said, it has nothing to do with whether you like him or not. I'm telling you to do it. I'm like, but I don't want to. So, well, all the more reason why you should do it, but I don't want to. Like, so here's what I did. I don't advise any of you to do this, all right? I said, Lord, if you get, tell my wife the exact number, I'll do it. And I knew my wife, she, she is a very conservative kind of person. She's careful with her money. God bless her. She's one of those kind of people. I'm like, God, she will never, never. So right then, she whispers to me, you know, God says that we're supposed to give. I'm like, oh, I started sweating. <laughs> I'm like, um, but then I thought, yeah, no way. Think of all the numbers in the world, right? All the, what are the chances? So I said, well, honey, if, if you give me the same number that God gives me, fine. But if not, I'm not giving anything. So she prays, you know, she's praying in the spirit for a little while. And I'm starting to get scared because she hears from Jesus, all right? So that scares me. And so 
She says, you're going to be really mad about this. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. You know, just, just tell me the number, and if it's not the same, we don't have to do anything. She goes, $2,000. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I wrote the check, put it in. Within a week, that money doubled in our lives. It just, God is so, so faithful. The thing is, are we willing to hear from our giver so we can be a giver. You know, there's a saying that if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Let me say that again. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But so often we become like the Dead Sea, right? We get something from God and we're like, oh, great, thank you. But the thing is, that's not what God has called you and I to be. If God can get it through you, in other words, use you as a vessel to give and help others around you, then he will get it to you. Your needs will be met. And I've seen God do it over and over and over again. I'm just sharing a couple of, you know, stories from, from life. Here's the thing, though. Between those four or five years of time, Sandra and I just faithfully gave because that's just, we know who he is and we know how good that he is. And when I say that, what, what do I really mean? When, when I talk about giving, let me give you some examples. What do we have to give? So we've got like resources, stuff, right? So money's part of that. But we also have what? You can pop that up if you guys could. We've got some other things that we want to give as well. Ooh. Ooh. There it is. So love and time and knowledge. You know, those are things that we have to give. What about our dreams and ambitions and desires? So those are internal and external things, right? The top is external, you know, our stuff, right? Love and time and knowledge. For some of us, time might be worth more to us than our finances. Might be. But it's all things that we can give. What about our dreams and ambitions and desires? And that brings me to our second last point is, you know, I'm a giver to get peace and direction for my life. Now, the story I'm going to tell is, is an interesting one, but it happened right here in the sanctuary, right, right about here, years ago. I've been here now as, uh, on the pastoral staff since 1995. Been here a long time. And so as a young person coming here, you know, and you're an assistant pastor, you know, traditionally what that means is you either work up the ranks in the church that you're in or you take another job somewhere else and you move up the ranks. That's, it. That's just kind of how it is. You know, it's kind of like a corporate kind of way of thinking for some people. And so at that time, I was wondering, Lord, you know, wh what's my next step? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I was right there on my knees one day during the week, just praying, talking to the Lord, and I had this vision, this picture. I don't get these often, so I don't want you to think, ooh, this guy's super spiritual. This, this was like a one-in-a-lifetime kind of event. So I'm there, and I see the throne room of God, but I don't see much of it. All I see is the robe of Jesus. I don't see his face. I don't see any of that. You know, I just kind of see this glow far away, but I see his robes. And it, like it just goes on and on and on. It's just this amazing picture of this, this, this royal purple robe, and it's there. And, and, uh, so, and, then, and then this transforms into a picture where I'm preaching to like a whole bunch of people. And I'm like really excited, right? Kind of like I am now, right? I'm going, and I'm just having this great time. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I'm going like, and, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, son, you can have this if you want. I'm like, cool. Yeah, great. Where am I going? What do you want me to do? And then I began to think about how he worded that. He said, son, you can have this if you want. I said, Lord, but it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. 
And all of a sudden, two things happen. Literally in the spirit, I didn't see Jesus, but I saw him nod in acknowledgement to that. And that whole vision just disappeared. And here's what he said. He said, son, you were to stay and serve Pastor Vic till I tell you different if ever. And then life carried on. You know, life. But here's what it changed. Instead of me looking for all these different opportunities, you know, am I going to... In fact, right after that, I had offers to become senior pastor in two different churches. Right after that. And if I hadn't heard from Jesus, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. I don't know where I'd be. It changed me by being a giver of my dreams and my ambitions and my desires to the Lord. It allowed me to be focused on what God had called me to do. And this is scriptural. You can write this down. It's not in the notes. But in Proverbs 16, verse 3, it says this. Commit your plans to the Lord so that even your thoughts will be established. It was a life-changing moment. Some of these things I'm telling you are life mile markers in my life to hopefully encourage you to say you can have them too. Because the same God that speaks to me, can I tell you, he loves us irrespective of people. You know what that means? He'll talk to you the same as he talks to me. That may be more. You know, maybe I'm still a blockhead like I am sometimes and I don't listen real well. Maybe you'll be able to hear even better and, and hear more often. Awesome. My point is all of this is open to you. But part of what you're giving is not just your stuff, your external things, but also the essence of who you are. You see, God made you in the first place. He knows what you really need. He gave you everything, but sometimes you have to give Him your stuff so that He can sort through it and give back to you what you really are so you can attain to what you've been called to do. This is challenging. I, I know. I'm still on the journey. You know, for me, even preparing this message, I'm like, Lord, I really don't want to do this. He's like, but son, you need to. This is the season for this. I had some other stuff I wanted to do. You know, it's got to wait. Why? Because what he wants to do is more important. And that leads me to the very last point, which without this last point, all of the six first ones are mute, so to speak. And this is, this is it. I give because I've experienced God's love. 1 John 3.17 says this, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? You see, we could all give without loving. It's like when I gave that car away to that guy. I wasn't loving. I, I gave it away. You know, I did that. But none of us can truly experience God's love without giving. When you truly have experienced what God has given you and his expression of love, you by nature want to give out. It's just that's the way it is. So again, if you don't remember the first six, this bottom one encapsulates all of them. Now again, for those that are note takers, I'm not going to review all seven of them today. But if you're part of our email list, this is a little hook, uh, we will send out uh, on Tuesday the list of all seven with their scripture points so that you've got that. If you're not part of the list, the connect card, put your email, then it's legible, and you will get it. We only send out an email about once a week or so, and uh, you can have that. Let's stand. So if you remember at the start, we were talking about givers and takers. So... With any good sermon, you're supposed to circle back around to where you started 
And let me ask you this question. Where are you on that give or take meter? And this is a, something only you, you can answer. Here's what I will tell you. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you by nature are now a giver. It's in each and every one of us down here. But has your brain got the memo yet? Have you began to exercise faith to allow that giving spirit that God has given you to begin to manifest in your life to those around you? And the way you can ask that question is when you do give, are there strings attached? You know, I give because that person was nice to me. I give because of this. And there's nothing wrong with doing that sometimes. You know, you, we should by nature just do that. But there are times where God may ask you to be a giver without expecting anything in return. Can you do that? That's much harder, especially if your old nature is still ruling in your mind. So, Father, right now, just with every head bowed here, and I put this question out as you would put it out to me. Do you want to be a better giver? So I just want to ask, if, if you are in that place where you know, you maybe are a giver already, but you want to expand on that. Just put your hand up to the Lord, if, that, if that's you. Lord, you see those hands just raised all through this sanctuary. My hand's up as well. I'm on this journey, the same as all of us. You can put your hands down. Lord, I thank you. For those that just openly said, I want to be better at giving. Lord, I remember that old song, I give you my heart. That <laughs> was one of the parts of the chorus. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. And Lord, that is just so true because our soul is our, our thinking, but it begins with our heart. Giving our heart to you so you can change it. And then our soul is changed day by day. Lord, help us to be giving. Help that spirit of giving that's in us to come in and through and out of us to the world around. That the world can see you, Jesus as they look at each and every one of us. So bless each one, Lord God. I pray that, that uh, they begin to look at their lives and, and ask that question that I asked, why am I a giver? And, and, and come up with all the different reasons and then take it back to you, Lord, and, and you would help them to grow in this area. So bless each one as they serve you. I pray, Lord, that they become more conscious of you as each day goes by. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you this morning.